Chip Lit. Good morning, good evening, and everything in between. Welcome to a very special episode of Get Lit, the literary podcast where we explore the history behind some of the most amazing works of literature and the authors who wrote them. I'm your host, Stephanie Spars, and I'm usually here with my co-host, John Stricker. I didn't have anything to bribe him with, but it actually doesn't matter this week, um, or at least for this episode, because we're going to not really be talking at all. So um, for those of you who needed a break, you're welcome. Um, But this week, we're actually going to be featuring something that complements our last week's episode, which was Edgar Allan Poe. And I'm going to be sharing uh, some very special guests with you. My junior level English class created, based on reading Fall the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe, um, an amazing radio drama adaptation. Uh, So this is sort of a proud teacher moment for me. They took the story, which is about 20 pages long, and they cut it down, adapted it, found sound recordings and clips that they could put together and recorded it themselves um, and created this really fabulous and fascinating 12-minute version of Fall the House of Usher in sort of a radio-style format. Um, And so with their permission, we're going to be sharing it as a special bonus um, to complement the episode that we did over the last week. So um, without further ado, please enjoy this very special presentation of Fall of the House of Usher uh, by my English 302 class. During the whole of a dull, dark, and soundless day in autumn of the year, when the clouds hung oppressively low in the heavens, I had been passing alone on horseback through a singularly dreary tract of country, and at length found myself, as the shades of the evening drew on, within the view of the melancholy house of Usher. I glanced up at the house to only feel an insufferable gloom pervaded my spirit. I thought to myself, what a terrible sight. I kept moving on with my eyes. They scrolled upon bleak walls, the vacant eye-like windows, and the scattered white trunks of decayed trees. There was an iciness, a sinking, a sickening of the heart, an unredeemed dreariness of thought which no groating of the of imagination could torture into aught this of the sublime. I paused to think, what was it that made me feel so uncomfortable when standing in front of the House of Usher? There are combinations of very simple objects which have the power of thus affecting us. Still, the analysis of this power lies among consideration beyond our depth. The man living in this house is Roderick Usher, who had been one of my close companions in boyhood. But many years had elapsed since our last meeting. There was, however, a letter addressed to me from Usher. He spoke of acute bodily illness of a mental disorder and a longing to meet with me. I have always known Usher to be a quiet and reserved man. I have also come to know that the entire family lay in the direct line of descent, and I have always with a very trifling and very temporary variation solely. Riding up on horseback, I glance back one more time at the uneasy house of Usher. As I walk up to the house, I get a glimpse of decayed trees, gray walls slightly torn with the mystical fever with the house coming off with the dull, sluggish feet faintly discernible and leading hue. A servant in waiting took my horse, and I entered the the gothic archway of the hall. Please follow me, sir. Usher's room was dark, comfortless, and scattered with many books and instruments. Hello, Edgar. Welcome. As I gazed at him with a feeling of half pity, half of awe. Thank you for coming. I haven't seen you in so long. 
You look so much different than I have seen you since boyhood. The pale dead look on his complexion, large glossy eyes, thin lips, a nose of Hebrew, Hebrew model, finely molded chin. This, these features with an inordinate expansion above the regions of the temple. Made up altogether on the consonants, not easily to be forgotten. We have so much to catch up on! It was, he said, a constitutional family evil, and one for which he despaired of fine remedy. It displayed himself in a host of unnatural sensations. Some of these, as he detailed them, interest and bewildered me. He suffered much from a morbid acuteness of the senses. Plain food was endurable. He could only wear certain clothes of texture. His eyes were tortured by even faint of light, and his ears could only bear the hearing of string instruments. He was enchained by a certain superstition in regard to his house. He admitted that the gloom of the house is the family illness. His sole companion for long years was his sister, the last and only relative on earth. When she dies, she will leave Usher alone. The, the disease of his sister has long baffled his skills of her physicians. She was dying slowly, as by dying soon. We painted and read together, or I listened as if in a dream. To the wild improvisations of his speaking as are, he would do so. He would do these for hours, and I did my best to cheer him on. Um, but this art showed that my efforts were not were not working. From his facing paintings, I could tell that he was broded, but I shuddered, knowing not why. For me, there arose out of the pure abstraction to Usher's paintings. He paints with strong intensity and simplicity. In Usher's small painting, there was an immensely long and rectangular vault with low, smooth, and white walls. Certain parts of the painting helped show the idea of exceeding depth below the Earth's surface. In the greenest of our valleys, by good angels tenanted, once a fair and stately palace, radiant palace, reared its head. In the monarch's thought's dominion it stood there, and all with pearl and ruby glowing was the fair palace door, through which came flowing, flowing, flowing and sparkling evermore, a troop of echoes whose sweet duty was but to sing. In voices of surpassing beauty, the wit and wisdom of their king. But evil things in robes of sorrow assailed the monarch's high estate. Ah, let us mourn, for never morrow shall dawn upon him desolate. And round about his home the glory that blushed and bloomed is but a dim-remembered story of the old time entombed. And travelers now within that valley through the red-litten windows see vast forms that move fantastically to a discordant melody. While like a rapid, ghastly river through the pale door a hideous throng rush out forever and laugh but smile no more. The instability of my partner grew gradually by the day. He spoke of the possible sentience which sprouts from vegetables. 
I have attempted to aid him by distracting him with books gathered over the years. Watson, Dr. Percival, Spallanzi, and the Bishop of Landolf, to no avail. Who's there? It's me. I must speak with you, urgently. What's going on? My sister has passed. I could be in need of help. Come in. Thank you. As I said, I'll need your help with the means of entombment. Oh, how shall we? I intend to preserve her in our family vault for a fortnight, and I'll need your help having her encoffined. Uh, we needed to pry open the vault with our torches as it hadn't been opened in a very long time. The immense weight of the door caused for a loud grating sound as the door opened. No light was being admitted to the vault besides our torches. It was dark and damp. When we inserted Madeline into the vault, it was interesting to note the similarities between the siblings. Madeline had the same thin lips, large eyes, and the rest of her facial structure was very alike with Usher's. It was easy to tell they were twins. We replaced and screwed down the lid and closed the door by On the seventh night or the eighth night after placing the Lady Madeline in the donjon, sleep came not near my couch. While the hours waned and waned away, I struggled to reason off the nervousness which had dominant over me. I tried falling asleep, but my efforts were fruitless. An irresponsible tremor gradually pervaded my frame, and at length there set upon my very heart an incubus of utterly causeless alarm. Through the indefinite sounds which came, through the pauses of the storm, I knew not once. I heard footsteps and was relieved that it was only Usher, even though his countenance was, as usual, cadaverously wan. But moreover, there was a species of mad hilarity in his eyes and was shown by him questioning. And have you not seen it? The storm? The vapors? Within his madness, he opened the window letting in the storm and exposing the heavy fog around the property. I say that even their exceeding density did not prevent our perce perceiving this. Yet we had no glimpse of the moon or stars, nor was there any flashing forth of lightning. I shudderingly told Usher, you must not, you shall not behold this. I took him away of the window to distract him. I told him, let us close this casement. The air is chilling and dangerous to your frame. Here is one of your favorite romances. I will read, and you shall listen. The book which I had taken that was at hand was Mad Trist. Although I had caught it a favorite of Usher's more in sad jest, more in earnest. For in truth, there is little in its uncouth and unimaginative. <laughs> prolixity which could have interested for the lofty and spiritual ideality of my friend. As I hear yeah. the echo of a crackling and ripping sound which Sir Launchseller had described in his book, I became unsure of why um, the things that were happening in the book started to happen throughout the house. I looked at Usher in hopes that he wouldn't realize what was happening and I started to read once again. As I read to Usher, he sat towards the door of the chamber. I partially perceived his features, although I could see that his lips were moving slowly, and he was murmuring quietly to himself. He suddenly looked down and started to rock back and forth, but I continued to read to him, trying to ignore what he was doing. I became aware of distinct, hollow, metallic, and clangorous, yet apparently muffled reverberation. I noticed that Usher continued to rock back and forth. I get close to him, checking if he's alright. He just looked straight ahead. I placed my hand upon his shoulder, and a strong shudder occurred throughout his whole body. I saw that he spoke in a low, hurried, and gibberish murmur, as if unconsciously of my presence. We have put her in her living tomb! 
I heard her moving around in her tomb, yet I kept in silence. I heard the noises that were occurring throughout the whole house. I knew something was wrong. She must be struggling trying to get a way out. She is coming back for me. I heard her coming out the stairs. Her silhouette becomes clear as she is standing right in front of me. I noticed there was blood upon her white robes as Rod, her emaciated friend. She stood in front of me, trembling. Usher fell to the floor, dying from the shock of the sight of his sister appearing suddenly at the door. Oh no, 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 no. The supports of the house slowly fell as the fissure I had seen when I first came to the manor grew larger and larger, barely escaping with my life as the fissure now consumed the house while making it collapse on itself. The storm outside raged, but I did not care. The moon above shone a deep red, comparable to the red that stained Lady Madeline's dress. I breathed heavily as I ran past that ruined manor, past the tarn now being covered in rumble. My ears rang as the crashing of the mansion continued. Soaked by the heavy rain, the rushing of the water stopping as the rumble stopped its flow. And with that, the house of Usher was no more. We hope you've enjoyed this very special version of Fall of the House of Usher presented to you by my amazing juniors. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you do on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, um, Spotify. It really helps us out um, in getting our stuff out to the public and sharing it with your friends if this is something you're interested in. Uh, we would love to produce more work if there's an audience for it. Um, so let us know if you've got ideas for authors that you'd like to hear us do um, or suggestions for things you'd like to know more about, feel free to get in touch with us over social media. Um, we'd love to open up this dialogue to be inclusive of your voices as well. So thank you again for tuning in and uh, get ready. We've got a pretty lit author that we're going to be discussing this week with a very special guest. So thank you again for listening. And as always, thank you for keeping it lit. <laughs>